Skip Bayless here. I want to tell you about my podcast, The Skip Bayless Show. On this show, my show, I go deeper than I ever have, taking you behind the scenes of some of the biggest moments in sports, behind the headlines, even peeling back the curtain on my own personal life. I like to call it the un-undisputed. Instead of debating my partner, Shannon Sharp, I'll tell you stories you've never heard before and let you in on what makes me, me. Make sure you listen to The Skip Bayless Show on your favorite podcast app. As if the McCrispy couldn't get any better, Bacon and Ranch just entered the chat. The Bacon Ranch McCrispy, available at participating McDonald's for a limited time. The Purple Mafia, with your host, Paladino Joey. Well, we'll see. The doctors would disagree, but what do they know? So let's just say that you'll pay me because it's in your interest to pay me. Is it worth it? I mean, you've won. Do you want to wipe everybody out? I don't feel I have to wipe everybody out, Tom. It's just my enemy. That's all. My father taught me many things. He taught me, keep your friends close, put your enemies closer. These are wonderful things that we've achieved, and there's no limit to where we can go from here. Welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia. I am your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Purple Mafia is available on thesportstuff.com and on iTunes. I thank each and every one of you always for downloading and listening to this show. This is this is it, guys. This is the season preview for 2014 or 2014. The NFL season is here. The four preseason games are now over. The St. Louis Rams do await the Minnesota Vikings. Oh, yeah. Aren't you excited? Well, you should be. You should be because I think the things should go fairly well for the Vikings in that game. We'll talk about that later. Because right now, we're going to talk about the cuts. <laughs> we're going to talk about the initial cuts here, or actually the final cuts, we'll say, to get things down to 53 men. And yes, you'll notice I'm going solo, which is kind of unfortunate. I would have liked to have Dylan Richardson on, even Sebastian. But my schedule, combined with other people's schedules, it's just... And I don't really want to bother people right now, being at the Labor Day weekend. You know, I just didn't feel like bothering anybody at this point at the last second. I didn't know what my schedule was going to be, so it was a little tough this time. So I do apologize to those of you out there that were hoping to hear a uh, either Sebastian or Dylan Richardson on this episode, but you will be hearing both of those guys in the future frequently, especially Sebastian. So, and happy Labor Day to those of you out there that indeed celebrate it and uh, don't have to work. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, and I'd like to enjoy it as well, though I do have to work part of the day with the lawns. All right, anyhow, on to the Minnesota Vikings. They're always busy, aren't they? They're always busy doing something. Something. So the cuts. Let's just get right to it right away. Guard Jeff Baca, defensive tackle Chase Baker, running back Joe Banyard. And yeah, unfortunately, we kind of saw that coming because 
it's just, you know, you already have Adrian Peterson, you have Jarek McKinnon, and I guess, I guess, Matt Asiata is kind of uh, cemented in as the third running back. It's just kind of, it just kind of is what it is. I personally like Joe Banyard quite a bit. Um, but unfortunately, they like Matt Asiata a little more, and it's just kind of been that way the past couple of years. We continue safety Kurt Coleman, who a lot of people thought would, you know, was a pretty decent candidate to make the team, but unfortunately, has not. So that's a, a definite bummer right there. Wide receiver Kane Coulter is released. Chris Crocker, safety Chris Crocker from Cincinnati. I guess he just kind of came here, had a cup of coffee with the team, and was uh, let go right away. Kind of surprising uh, a little bit there. Didn't look too good out there, but still at the same time, a wily veteran, very experienced with Mike Zimmer. Hmm. Uh, hmm. All right, uh, Fred Evans, defensive tackle Fred Evans, who's been with the team for quite a while. Back in the Williams Wall era, he was always like the you know immediate backup to those two guys, defensive tackle, more of a run stopper than a pass rusher, uh, or like kind of like kind of like a bit of both, like Kevin Williams was. More of a run stopper and a solid one, but didn't look too good this preseason. And yeah, that was kind of that's that's kind of had been out there, and he didn't really look too good later last year either, unfortunately. So Fred Evans, yeah, defensive tackle, Isam Fasian. I'm not gonna know if I'm getting the name right. Uh, tight end Chase Ford, a guy who's been popular with a lot of uh, people out there, including the Purple People podcast. They seem to like him too. At times, he is he has been released. Chase, Fa, excuse me, what am I talking about? Wide receiver Dante Foster, linebacker Justin Jackson, cornerback Kendall James, who I thought was all right, but well, I mean, it's just only so many spots. Safety Zach Kieran, who unfortunately was playing behind uh, John Sullivan, and I guess John, you know, John Sullivan's a staple at that center position. Uh, cornerback Julian Posey, tight end Allen Reisner. Alan Reisner, geez, how many touchdowns did he have to catch? Huh. Oh, man. Mm, mm. Feel for you there, Alan. Definitely. Uh, tackle Mike Remmers. Defensive end Justin Tratu, who looked pretty good out there. Hmm. But again, it's just you're going to get some surprises, and not everybody's going to make the team just because, I guess. Running back Dominique Williams, who actually even looked good at times as well. And the Vikings have gotten, have released Mike Zimmer. The, he's no longer the coach. I, I got. Oh wait, that's the linebacker, Mike Zimmer. Um, yeah, that's kind of too bad. But <laughs> it would have been kind of fun to see Mike Zimmer and Mike Zimmer on the same staff. But he was kind of like a. I don't know. He he kind of didn't really have a chance to make the team. It seemed like he was kind of too too buried under there. Got some playing time, but unlikely. Unlikely to make the depth chart. Two two men replaced an injured reserve tackle, Antonio Richardson. And safety Jamarcus Sanford. Jamarcus Sanford has is basically most likely played his last game for the Minnesota Vikings because when healthy he will be released. So yeah, unfortunately, um, in good good in some ways, bad in others, I suppose. Jamarcus Sanford seemed to be better at hitting hitting people hard rather than coverage. I guess looked better last year at times, but kind of again. He's taken steps back, or excuse me, two years ago he looked better. Last year he didn't look so good, no. Two years ago he actually did pretty well with uh, Harrison Smith, but um, last year not so good, and leading into this year, just kind of the writing on the wall again for a very, very, very familiar space for the Minnesota Vikings for a while there, and the man that broke the femur of 
<laughs> Why am I forgetting his name now? E.J. E. Henderson. Excuse me. I'm losing my mind here. Excuse me. Yeah, Mr. Henderson. E.J. Henderson, the uh, long, um, long-time middle linebacker for the Vikings. And, um, well, that's the end of Jamarcus Sanford for all intents and purposes. Because now we're going to slide over to the nine players that were moved to the practice squad. Those are the released. Now nine guys that get to hang on, get to hang on to the dream, like I always say every year when we talk about this. Oh, how about that? Joe Banyard. Ha <laughs> ha. Yep. Joe Banyard, well, of course, running back who had 111 yards in the, uh, or was it 118 yards against the uh, Tennessee Titans in the in the backup bowl. Uh, wide receiver Kane Coulter hanging on. Defensive tackle is Sam Fashian hanging on. Tight end Chase Ford back with the practice squad again. Yep, a lot of these guys came back. Kendall James is back. Dante Foster. Kendall James, the cornerback. Dante Foster, wide receiver. Zach Karen hanging on. That's the, the center. Maybe, obviously, you know, it's a good idea to keep a backup center like that, though, just in case, you know, you just never know. Because practice squad players can be activated eventually. With with a roster move, of course, somebody would have to be cut or placed on injured reserve in order to do that. Uh, uh, tackle Mike Remmers and Justin Tretu, the seventh-round pick, hanging on. For dear life with the NFL. Still can happen. The dream still lives with these men. Keep it up, guys. Um, you know, Adam Thielen, who is an NFL player now, a Minnesota Viking, will be playing Sundays, was, of course, a practice squad player. Marcus Sherrills was a practice squad player for a few years as well. So the dream lives on for these guys. It could happen. It could happen. Joe Banyard, I wouldn't be surprised, say, if Adrian Peterson, <clears throat> which is going to be the next com coming topic, if Adrian Peterson plays his last game with the Minnesota Vikings in the not-too-distant future, I wouldn't be surprised if Joe Banyard was playing Sundays with the Minnesota Vikings. Very fortunate that he survived uh, getting picked up, actually. Uh, very fortunate for the Vikings. I'm kind of surprised that Banyard didn't get picked up by somebody out there. Just just a little bit. Uh, Chase Ford, yeah, I mean, he was more visible last year, but he's still somebody they want to hang on to and... More power to him and more more power to the Vikings and to Chase Ford, without a doubt. Joe Banyard, to me, the most interesting player in that group. Justin Tratou had made some good plays in the preseason as well, in my very oh-so-humble opinion. So there you go. There's your... We'll look at the final roster a bit here in a moment. Um, as I continue to bounce around like a crazy person, Adrian Peterson. Adrian Peterson in the... <laughs> yeah, back in June, they, uh, there was a little conversation between himself and Mr. And yes, it's a, this. I usually don't like to get into big stories, but this is involving the best player on the team. You know, kind of. This is something I do have to talk about. So I, I don't like to get into the political type stuff too much uh, on this show, even though I, I do pay attention to politics outside of the show. Yeah, but this is not a political show, so that's why I act that way on here. Um, Adrian Peterson had a conversation with Jerry Jones, the infamous SOB owner of the Dallas Cowboys that nobody except for people in the Dallas area like. Uh, certainly, I mean, he's refused to, he's still refusing to put uh, Jimmy, Jimmy Johnson, <laughs> Jimmy Johnson in there, like in the Dallas Cowboys Ring of Honor or Hall of Fame, whatever it is. Really? You know, I mean, really? That's just the, what the hell? That's just the weirdest thing ever. That would be like, say, if Tom Kelly was the manager of the Minnesota Twins for, like, five years and took them from the depths of hell to 
two Super Bowl or two World Series championships in a matter of five years, and oh, by the way, you're fired for winning two straight Super uh, Super Bowls in that case, or World Series if it was Tom Kelly. It's just kind of weird, you know? Just kind of a weird guy, an egomaniac, and all that good stuff. Uh, he, he's, he's a smart owner, good owner, but he's not somebody who should be in charge of players and uh, coaches. No, he, he's just too much. He's a, he's a good businessman, but that's about it. Um, and I continue to ramble all over the place about that, and I apologize. Adrian Peterson told uh, Jerry Jones that, uh, you know, I'd, uh, I'd like to play for you guys someday. <gasps> oh, my God! Ouch, huh? Ouch. <laughs> for those of us that have grown up to absolutely hate the Cows Cowboys, I hated that team in the early 90s. And have, and have never really really liked them. I mean, uh, they're the Dallas Cowboys. Why, why would I like them? They're flashing in the background right now. The preseason finale of preseason finales flashing in the background here. Sunday Night Football. That's usually how I roll with this show, at least at least for the time being. Not sure how things are going to go during the regular season, but maybe. I'm thinking of recording this show on Sundays, but it is always a fluent situation. Um, but the thought of Adrian Peterson playing for the Dallas Cowboys... Hmm, kind of scary, isn't it? Just kind of sucks. <laughs> yeah, uh, he just kind of, it was just kind of a casual conversation, though. And at the end of the day, Adrian Peter, I do believe Adrian when he said, hey, you know, I would like to retire as a Minnesota Viking. I don't want to necessarily, I, I don't want to leave. I do believe him when he says that. I don't get the vibe Adrian Peterson's in a hurry to leave the Minnesota Vikings. It's more of seeing the writing on the wall. Both himself and Jerry Jones seeing the writing on the wall. That Rick Spielman, the general manager of the Vikings, tends to move on from players when they start to reach their peak and start to kind of come off it a little bit. Adrian has not necessarily come off his peak yet. Not yet, but this could be the old uh, LaDainian Tomlinson passing the torch to Adrian Peterson point, if you know what I mean. This could be Adrian's turn to be passing the baton to the next guy, unfortunately. <sighs> is it LaShawn McCoy in Philadelphia or, or whoever it is? It could be that time. It could. This could be that year. Priest Holmes passing it on to Danian Tomlinson years ago. Uh, Priest Holmes had such a short reign as the best running back in the NFL, but that's how it goes sometimes when you reach your peak very late. Um... Running backs have a uh, shorter lifespan than other positions in the NFL. You know, it's not like some certain defensive ends out there that could play till they're 38, 40, or defense, or excuse me, or offensive tackles. Some of those guys play forever, despite how grueling the position is. Running backs, they rely on quickness and, and cutting and, and obviously health. You know, I mean, if your knee's been blown out before, I don't know. You know, you could be the best workout champion in the world. And still, all of a sudden, after years and years of being dominant, just all of a sudden, you, you lose that half step. And then, doggone it, you know, a 1,500-yard season is suddenly a 900-yard season. 900 yards as a starting running back ain't good. <laughs> you, you know, you're pretty mediocre at that point. Plenty of backup running backs, if they were started, if they were given a starting role for 16 games, they did get 900 yards. You know, plenty of them. Some of them would even break 1,100. So, just saying. Not sure, Adrian. I mean, I don't think Adrian's going to get 900 yards this year, but maybe next year. Maybe next year he'll be at that point, or the year after that. There is an end to everything, and 
that's pretty much, in my opinion, what this is all about, in my humble opinion. This whole situation and why both Jerry Jones and Adrian Peterson were talking about this possibility. The one issue that comes up, though, is this could be uh, looked on as tampering. Yeah, <laughs> that could be an, uh, an uh, added situation that will pop up in the next couple of weeks and, and months here. What's going to happen with Adrian long-term? I don't know. Is this his last season in Minnesota? Possibly. Quite possibly. And I was kind of actually thinking that before this this rumor came out. The Vikings drafted Jarek McKinnon for a reason, and I thought they were right to do that. Because there's an end to every running back in this league. They just... One day they're a star, the next day they're, they're a backup. I mean, you know, like LaDainian Tomlinson went to the New York Jets? He had kind of a resurgent year, but he wasn't LaDainian Tomlinson of old. He wasn't getting 1,800 yards and 20 touchdowns. He was getting, you know, 960 yards and, and 7 touchdowns, or 8. Good, good, good stuff. Maybe even 10 touchdowns. But still, not the same guy. Not the $120 million type of player, you know, that he may have been at one point. The life of a running back, folks. The life of a running back. So, I don't blame Adrian Peterson for thinking of the possibility of playing in a different team because of the possibility he'll be released. I mean, it's just seeing the writing on the wall. That's all it is. He, he knows how this league works. And if you watch this league, you're going to know how it works. So that's pretty much my stance on that topic. I kind of bounced around a bit with it. And uh, apologize if that annoyed anybody. <laughs> Linval Joseph, well, he should be healthy. He says he's going to be ready to go. I didn't even talk about this, which is terrible. Terrible. Obviously a victim of a stray bullet after the preseason uh, opener. The first football we saw, a stray bullet at a, at a nightclub grazed his uh, leg. Luckily did not go into the flesh or the bone or anything, but still kept him out for a bit. And obviously I'm sure shook him up a bit too. I mean, how, how could it not? As obviously there's just tons of blazing all of a sudden out of nowhere. I'll say this super quick. I'm not a nightclub person. Never have been. Never will be. Linval Joseph wasn't doing anything wrong, ultimately, though, at the same time. And he certainly wasn't causing any of the ruckus. He was an innocent bystander. Um, so I'll kind of keep my semi-neutral view on that. <laughs> semi-neutral view on that. Uh, nightclubs aren't my thing, folks. You could probably tell. <laughs> but, you know, at the same time, he was just kind of just hanging out, being casual. I don't think he was really out there. Yeah, he was, he, he wasn't doing anything, so... Feel for him, innocent bystander. Hope for the best. Be careful. If you're going to go out, be careful where you go, I suppose. This place had the history of... This place had a, had, had a history of some guns and stuff going on. Some guns ablazing in the past. So, if they were... Yeah, it's just one of those things. An old story, though, and I'll get off of it. The good news is he will be... Most likely, starting at defensive tackle. Despite the fact he had to be inactive for a little while, you know? So, hoping for the best there. It would be nice. He was a great addition for this to this team, without a doubt. Big time. We'll see how we'll see how things translate in the early going here. Um, yep, Sean Prater, he will be playing Sundays. Jabari Price will be playing Sundays. So, just naming some notables here. Josh Robinson, surprisingly making the team. Mm. 
over maybe that, you know, Kendall over there. Um, guys like that. <laughs> Adi Cole, no surprise, makes the team. David Yankee, of course, no surprise, makes the team. Vladimir Ducasse making the team. Kind of cool there. Look at it like that. Good for him. Zach Line makes the team. Zach Line makes the team. At least for now, though. You know how sometimes guys make the team and then they get cut like a week or two later. Christian Ponder will be on the uh, the roster. Yeah. Christian Ponder will be on the roster. <laughs> yeah. Christian Ponder's going to be on the roster. <laughs> Marquise Gray. Tight end Marquise Gray. Yes, sir. Has been signed by the Minnesota Vikings. How about that? Isn't that cool? Marquise Gray. Welcome to Minnesota there. Rodney Smith has made the team. Adam Thielen has made the team. And thank God in heaven, Jerry is right. We'll be on the roster. No surprise, ultimately. Antoine Exum. Some people thought he was going to wind up on the practice squad. He is on Sundays, of course. Robert Blanton. Not a huge surprise there. Um, Anderson Dejo continuing to hang on to an NFL job. Very cool. Good for him. He's been a sol He's been solid in the time he's been out there. Nothing special, but solid. You know, he, he is what he is, right? <laughs> you know, he's never going to blow anyone uh, away with anything. But uh, James Kendall was the cornerback. Um, I guess he was the main competition for uh, Marcus. Ro Why am I keep calling <laughs> Josh Robinson? Marcus Robinson. Uh -uh. Oh, Josh Robinson. Oh, he's he, he's he's an adventure, isn't he? Mm-mm. I am going crazy. Yeah, Marcus Robinson. Mar yeah, because I'm seeing Marcus Sherrill's. He'll be back on Sundays again. Sean Prater, yeah. I mean, how can you not like him? I like Sean Prater a lot. and He's he's going to be here. He is going to be here. Tom Johnson makes the team. He looked pretty good out there. Defensive tackle. He's a veteran, though, by the way. It's not like he's new or anything. So, a lot of guys, uh, yeah. We're very happy for the, a lot of the, uh, for these players that did make the team. Of course, Michael Motti. Making it, again, very valuable. Brandon Watts. Maybe a bit more of a notable one right here. Linebacker. Brandon Watts makes the team. Number 58 out of Georgia Tech. Huh. That's a that's an interesting one. Not, like, super interesting, but it's, it's interesting nonetheless. And congratulations to him as well, Gerald Hodges. Of course, that would be much more notable if he got released than if he got... Uh, um, uh, much more uh, if he got released than if he got kept... Uh, Mr. All Raymond, yeah, he was uh, let go and then placed on injured reserve as well. So Mr. All Raymond is the other big name that uh, I didn't mention. He was let go in the first uh, the or the group of cuts after the third game of the preseason. A uh, fairly interesting cut there, considering he'd been on the team for a while, and some people saw him as a pretty uh, pretty big pretty big name guy. You know, to be quite honest with you. So hmm, interesting one there, without a doubt. So that's pretty much the final roster for the Minnesota Vikings for the time being. Looks promising. We're going to get more into the predictions here in a little bit. So I better cut this off for now, and we'll be right back to talk about the St. Louis Rams. Hey, it's hot, it's humid, it's summertime. Nothing is more refreshing this time of year than Halcyon Weed Ale, brewed by Tallgrass from Manhattan, Kansas. Their 8-Bit Pale Ale is my personal favorite and the official beer of this podcast. There is nothing cooler than seeing Pac-Man licking his chops on this amazing can and even better beer. Check out the many other wonderful beers Tallgrass offers on their website at www.tallgrassbeer.com. 
Check out their beer locator to see what's available in your area. You can follow Tallgrass on Twitter, at TallgrassMN, and find them on Facebook. Simply search Tallgrass Minnesota. Bringing people together over a beer since 2007. Contact us and support Purple Mafia by liking us on Facebook and following us on Twitter. Don't forget to call into our phone lines at 209-736-7877. That's 209-736-7877. And we are back here on Purple Mafia. We are returning to the whole three-segment idea right now. And for this episode being a season preview, I'm going to have the... Well, the St. Louis Rams preview <laughs> in the second segment and the fan interaction in the same segment this time around. Usually it'll be the game review, uh, next week's preview, and then fan interaction during the regular season. But this case, it's uh, cramming the season preview, or excuse me, the Rams preview and the fan interaction in this one because both should probably be significantly shorter than normal. Um, now, you're not going to get a really big, long preview for your uh, next week's team when they haven't played a meaningful game yet. You know, it's just one of those situations. Obviously, the top story for the St. Louis Rams is Sam Bradford injured once again. Another ACL, unfortunately, on what looked like a hyperextended knee. Turns out to be, quite unfortunately, another ACL after extended uh, research, MRIs, all that good stuff. Really feel for Sam Bradford, without a doubt. I'm sure his paycheck, uh, excuse me, his bank account isn't suffering in too big a way. But at the same time, I mean, you know, you, you feel for a guy when you have an ACL that quickly after your previous one. When you were taken number one overall, there were high hopes for you leading a team. Uh, was just starting to semi-come into stride last year when the St. Louis Rams looked pretty tough in what is very likely, well, at least it was until this injury, <laughs> and until the injury last year as well, the best division in the NFL. You have the San Francisco 49ers, the Seattle Seahawks, the Arizona Cardinals, and the, and the St. Louis Rams. All very competitive teams. All teams with very good defenses. Capable quarterbacks, if not elite. Uh, just super talent all around. Good coaches. I mean, all, all the above. I mean, Arizona Cardinals are, are a very solid team. The Vikings took care of them in the preseason, but again, the preseason... You never know because the Dallas Cowboys, when they were Super Bowl champions, barely even showed up in the preseason. So it's like you never really know. Uh, St. Louis Rams did not look impressive in the preseason. And ultimately, I do think they finished in last in the NFC West. Unfortunately for them, yeah, your starting quarterback's out. Sean Hill's not going to carry you to a, any type of Super Bowl. The Rams did rely on their defense much more, much more than their offense. And boy, do the numbers show it last year <laughs> over the course of time. Uh, you had a what looked like an elite rookie ride receiver in Trevon Austin, but really not much production out of him. Yeah, he's exciting. He's kind of a special teams guy as well. Slot receiver, all that good stuff, but overall did not have elite numbers last year. And it does kind of come back to Sam Bradford and Trevon Austin. It's a combination of everything. They don't. They certainly don't have a dominant running game either. Uh, an offense that was already pretty... Pretty weak, to, to be quite honest. Pretty underwhelming with Sam Bradford. <laughs> is even weaker with Sean Hill as the quarterback. Any type of talk about, oh, well, well, Trent Green got hurt and Kurt Warner took over and bada bing, bada boom. 
there's just no comparison this time around. Obviously, the offense is 120% different as well. When you think about it, I mean, think about the think about the options Kurt Warner had to throw to. Oh, and then by the way, the fact Kurt Warner was like insanely good. Not only were the players extremely fast <laughs> that were receiving the passes from Kurt Warner, but Kurt Warner was extremely fast in getting the passes to the players. With a quick release, a, a quick, quick thought, quick thinking, great NFL mind, obviously, great quarterback mind, Hall of Fame player, with uh, elite receivers and and the best running back in the league to go with him at the same time, and a semi-capable defense. That team relied all on offense more than defense. This St. Louis Rams team is definitely relying on the defensive side of the ball. Um, Their starting running back is. Well, right now it's Zach Stacy, who uh, you know he's, he's like the same kind of running back like I mentioned before, a guy who'd probably be a backup on most teams. He'd, he'd be like a Chester Taylor type, maybe, like a third down running back on most. Like, well, I, I, let's just say on a team with a, with a Adrian Peterson type or a or Lashawn McCoy or God knows who or Ladinian Tomlinson type. You know, a start like any elite starting running back. Zach Stacy'd be a, be, a, be a nice solid backup. You know, upper 900 yards, seven, eight touchdowns in a season. I mean, heck, he's not even Chester Taylor. I've got 1,200 for the Vikings in 2006. So, not an elite, definitely not an elite offense in any way, shape, or form. I think the Vikings defense looks really good against against this this hapless offense. Put it this way. If the St. Louis Rams carve up the Viking defense, we're in big trouble. We're in, we're in really, really, really big trouble. Um, the defense could make things quite interesting, and that's where the entertainment, that's where the skill will absolutely show uh, who's the better team in this game. Minnesota going to St. Louis. Obviously, it's not the easiest thing in the world starting your season off on the road. And, you know, in a, I wouldn't say it's the best environment in the NFL, but it's not the worst either. It's not Jacksonville. You know, I mean, it's it's not. Um, so, it really is, the, the true test here is obviously our offense, which is decent. It's showing signs of being fairly good at times. And you have a very good coordinator, a capable quarterback. You have a lot of depth at receiver. In a lot of ways, these teams are, well, they're, they're kind of opposites because the Vikings defense is getting a lot better also. That's the good news, but we don't have necessarily elite names on defense quite like the St. Louis Rams do. And Chris Long, who's kind of kind of hitting the... He's kind of getting past his prime a little bit. Numbers coming down a little bit, but Robert Quinn, elite, 19 sacks last year. Definitely going to make things interesting, and we saw what happened to Matt Castle when the Kansas City Chiefs pressured the living crap out of him. He started getting flustered. He threw a couple of interceptions. He struggled a bit out there. or Actually, he threw one interception, but could have been... More than one, he was wobbly a bit, but still capable against the Kansas City Chiefs. That was the good news. I mean, you have Laurinaitis, who's one of the best, uh, one of the better, one of the better, one of the better linebackers in the NFL. Maybe not the, maybe not one of the best, but one of the better linebackers in the NFL. And overall, very good defense over there. Ogletree is a big time, up and coming linebacker as well. Over in St. Louis, Dunbar's a veteran. Has been in the league a while. A good solid linebacker, if not well above average. I mean, it's just, uh, well, hey, I would say he's more like an average to above average linebacker. But just saying, overall, 
the defense of the St. Louis Rams. They're their coach as well. The, they're a defensive-minded team in general. Um, that's where the test comes. Can the Vikings offense survive the Rams defense? It's going to be a it's going to be a bit of a toss-up. And like I said one more time, and I'll say it again, if this St. Louis Rams offense blow is blowing through the Vikings defense. Oh boy, we are in huge trouble. Oh, we're in huge trouble. Oh, 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 we're in huge trouble. Sean Hill is a respectable, smart, solid quarterback. But yeah, he he's not gonna he's not gonna blow anyone's socks off. And if he does, boy, we're screwed. Oh, I I just can't even think about. I, I mean, I I can't even fathom that thought. It would just mean we're in for another long, uh, horrible season, to be quite honest. And I don't think we are. Because I think the Minnesota Vikings win this game, and I think it'll be a, I think it'll be, uh, it's not going to be the highest scoring game in the world. We're going to see. I mean, the Vikings defense is going to look real good against the St. Louis Rams, and they're not going to score a lot of points in this game. To be quite honest, I think the Rams score ten points in this game, and that's it, ten. And that might be being, and that might be generous. To be quite honest, I think the Vikings offense scores. 17. It's not going to be the sexiest game ever. It's going to be a defensive black and blue division type football in this game, to be quite honest. I'm going to go 17-10 to 10 in favor of the Minnesota Vikings. They win by a touchdown. I was thinking 21-10 to 10 at one point, but no, no, no. We're, we're going to go with 17. It's going to be a little bit of a struggle. You may see a turnover or two in this one. Adrian, I think, is going to, well, it's going to be interesting to see how he plays after getting zero... <laughs> Getting, getting zero uh, warm-up in the preseason. Not that the warm-ups were really ever long in the first place, and not that that's really necessary, but just saying, it'll be interesting to see how Adrian comes out of the uh, comes out of the gate here for this season. It'll be a, it'll be an early indicator to see just how uh, just how much just how well his conditioning, his age is is hanging in there. That's going to be a big test right there. Just how. You know, is Adrian Peterson on to another 1,500-type season? Or is this going to be 1,100? You know, with a little indication of, uh, well, it might be getting, might be time to make the trade or, God forbid, a, a release at the end of the year because of the contract and the cap hit is going to be astronomical in the 15 million range. So definitely important, <laughs> definitely important topics to get into as the season continues. A 17-10 victory for the Minnesota Vikings. Like I said before, Vikings offense should get the job done enough to outscore what the Rams are going to be capable of in this one. And the Minnesota Vikings uh, are going to look like a much more disciplined, much more capable defensive team than they have the past couple years here, without a doubt. And Mike Zimmer's going to look good. Uh, Mike Zimmer's defense is going to look good against this Rams. They may not even score 10 points in this game. You know, I'm I'm being generous. I am because I don't want to sound like a homer and be like 21-0 Minnesota. <laughs> I don't think it's going to be quite that bad. Nah, that's a little too homerish. So with that, we're gonna, I guess we're gonna slide right into the uh, the Facebook, the fan interactions, and all that good stuff because that's just how it's going to have to be in in this particular episode because because I said so, right? <laughs> Oh, yeah, a couple comments and when the Adrian Peterson story was uh, shoved out in front of us by ESPN and others, other uh, news outlets out there, and we thank them very much. 
remember when I got the alert, I was like, oh, here we go. Yay. Oh, I don't know why the comments aren't coming up. I hit the wrong button. Imagine that. Yeah, I, it's doing it again. I always use the iPad now, and I might start regretting it here. Hmm, okay, Mark Carlson saying, there's always pressure, money, reputation, home area. Pressure. <laughs> Lots of what-ifs. I can understand that, but I have no respect for the cowgirls. How can I not love that? And I didn't even click like on it. I do apologize, Mark. In Iowa there. Sebastian Balls, the for, the former, future, and current co-host of the of Purple Mafia. <laughs> the All the above, right? Uh, he says, yeah, okay, I'm sure. Ah, ha, ha. That's home for all day. But he knows he's better off here. Yeah. I do think the Vikings are on a on, my, on more of an uptrend than the Dallas Cowboys. This is definitely not a Kevin Love type of situation heading off to Cleveland. Not that the Minnesota Timberwolves are have all of a sudden have this horrible like dead end future with <laughs> with <laughs> Andrew Wiggins coming to town here, you know, along with Anthony Bennett. Stay tuned for Timberwolves Explosion. By the way, Timberwolves Explosion. I should be releasing a show this week or so to talk about that trade kind of pissed off that I haven't done that one yet, but yeah, well, busy schedules do what they do. Um, a couple posts on the, well, again, like I always do when I post uh, the new show is up and everything, a lot of people comment a bit. Mark Carlson saying, Yahoo, my Monday just got better and it's not even here yet. Well, there you go. <laughs> yep, Sebastian saying, fantastic show, amazing. Wow, thank you very much for that, Sebastian. Must have been better than some of the previous ones from, from the way he sounds there. Like, whoa, he sounds like he really liked it. Uh, Brent saying, heck, it even features a call from a soon-to-be college grad, and that being Brent Jacobson. Yes, he will be graduating from college in October. Congratulations. Sebastian getting mad about that. Tickets from American Football is posting a lot on the Facebook page. Ah, <laughs> uh, boy. Lots of back and forth here. Um, they're kind of going off and on about that. Sebastian saying Castle is now Te Castle is now Teddy is future thoughts. Yeah, I I agree with the move. Yeah, definitely. Sebastian uh, Brench saying smart move by the Vikings after rushing Mister Samantha Steele into action. This is the right decision. Sebastian saying he got rushed because McNabb was awful. Yeah. Yep, good takes by both of those guys right there. A couple of Purple Mafia Hall of Famers weighing in on the topic. Uh, a couple talks and some of the early roster moves. Brent, same. Uh, they're kind of going off and on. Everybody's getting mad about that tickets for Americans football. Yeah, they've been posting a lot on here. I don't know what's going on with that. It's almost like some kind of bot or something. Hmm. Yeah. Let's see if there's anything else on here. Oh, boy. Don't you love all the navigation through some of this stuff? No matter how easy you try to make it, it it's never easy, is it? Oh, boy. Uh, I believe that is it for this episode. Pretty quiet week, to be honest. And and, and not too surprising. It's the fourth week of the preseason. Um, not too many people really having much to say right now, but it's I'm sure it's going to explode as we head into the regular season here. <laughs> Wouldn't be too surprised. Um, yeah, there's a couple of posts on here. Sebastian posting a photo on the timeline. And 
No, it's not a photo. He just simply says, all I got to say is maybe this is Norv forming his offense and we are so used to a certain way of things being done here. We are not used to seeing tough decisions being made. That's the only thing I can think of. And yeah, it's basically what I have to say to that is it's a thing of beauty. (laughs) There's so much to look forward to as we start this promising season. You know, I mean, really. It's like a better Brian Billick is is uh, running this offense. You know, remember when Brian Billick was running the offense and how good it was? Remember that? You know, versus all these late dump pa- these lame dump passes that you know that we've been that we've been putting up with since two thousand six. I mean, that's all you've been seeing since two thousand six is lame dump passes. And Sebastian's saying, "Skull, we are truly seeing a Zimmer era when carrying only two tight ends and Zach Line at fullback with Felton." Yeah, yeah, that's an interesting move. Um, this, this is nothing we would have saw from Musgrave and Fraser. Yeah, that's a that's an interesting, interesting point. Uh, and and I was kind of looking at that too. And you look at the final roster, it's like, wait a minute, yeah, Zach Line, he's not on the practice squad. He's on the Sunday squad. Zach Line is on the Sunday squad, folks. And we already have Jerome Felton. And remember when Adrian Peterson in the past was like, I don't need a fullback. Well, now you got two. You got two now. So, I mean, I mean, oh boy. And I'm glad Pranford uh, is, is still on the uh, practice squad, at least. I'm, I am happy about that. I do believe that is it. I do believe. I think, oh, this is this is the photo. He says, hmm, we cut Ford, practice squad, and Reisner, not practice squad. Then we signed Gray. WTF. I love getting former golfers, I really do, but Gray he played he played quarterback and receiver for us. And you sign him as a tight end and we choose him over him over Reisner. This better work or I'll be up in arms bleeping horse shit. <laughs> okay, well, I love what our coaches are doing and I wanna be optimistic, but boy oh boy. Yeah, another very interesting point for uh, definitely a guy who's definitely going to be wearing a star on this episode. Um, seeing Sebastian there, man, yeah, uh, yeah, it. Marquise Gray and yet yeah, Ellen Reisner. I was like, I was saying earlier, I was like, how many t- how many touchdowns did he need to catch? How many touchdowns did Ellen Reisner need to catch? I mean, okay, I mean, <laughs> weird, you know. I almost called him Torian Gray, and boy, he was a nice safety before he screwed up there. Got he didn't screw it up. He got he's got his knee screwed up. The poor guy. Uh, I feel so bad for him, Torian Gray. That was way back in '98. It was like the beginning of the end, you know, in a lot of ways. I felt bad about that. I, oh, Torian Gray, but uh, Marquise Gray, what the heck? Seriously, Marquise Gray. Hmm. And you look at his numbers. You look at Marquise Gray's numbers in his brief career, he caught like four catches. Alright. Okay. He 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 caught four catches. Four. Mm-mm-mm. Okay, there's a couple more posts. So I do apologize, guys. This should be pretty quick though. Wow, guys are kinda of going back and forth at each other a little bit. Shame on you guys, shame on you. Mm-mm-mm. Sebastian posted a picture where he said, I honestly think I bleed purple. Check that tube out. Ha! Yeah, he was getting his blood uh, drawn. 
Look at just yeah, I know a thing or two about that with my cholesterol issues at times. <laughs> Brent saying, hate to say this, but honestly, I'm beginning to doubt that Christian Ponder will be traded because the two teams that seem to be most likely to want him are on our schedule this season. Buffalo isn't happy with their quarterbacks, week seven. St. Louis needs a quarterback, week one. If we release him, one of those two will probably grab him just to get into our playbook. Barring any more injuries to quarterbacks, I think we will be stuck with Mr. Samantha Steele unless we trade him after week one to St. Louis. Yeah, and that's the point Justin Day was ma- uh, was uh, making last week as well. Justin out of Rochester. Um, because, yeah, what's the last thing you need is a little spy, you know, on the other side. You know, because it's bitten us in the past with Yo Murphy back in the day. It cost us home field advantage. It cost us a division championship back in 1999. And we had to go on the road to St. Louis. That was great. And we got ran out of town. Big time. We may have gotten ran anyway, but I think our chances would have been better if we had some type of home field against the St. Louis Rams that year. But uh, whatever. The Vikings, I guess, are the kind of team that has a great season and is never quite as good the next year, where the other teams, they tend to always they tend to be better and win the Super Bowl the next year or get back to it or whatever. Anyhow, let's get back to where we need to go. Mark Carlson saying there's more to this team this year than AP. To be honest, I will need to see more than preseason play, but the players seem to have a gel they lacked last season. Uh-huh. If you're looking for AP like for AP like stardom, I have no advice. Talent, yes. We need and now have talent, but the but the most important factor is teamwork and deep respect for the coaches. Just think a team full of APs, as great as it would be, would never go far enough without teamwork and respect for command. Again, stars are great, but it takes a team. Very, 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 very true. Like what he had to say there. Mr. Mark Carlson. Love that one. Sebastian saying, more than the record in the preseason, I feel good about the way... Okay, this is Mike Zimmer saying this. He posted, uh, more than the record in the preseason, I feel good about the way we performed. We've taken care of the football. We've not made a lot of mistakes. We have been a big penalty team. We haven't been a big penalty team. We seem to be doing the right things. See, obviously, the preseason record doesn't matter, but it's a fantastic start to a Zimmer era. We could have gone 0-4. <laughs> People would have been talking. Mm-hmm. So that should, yes, that does wrap it up. For the Facebook page, I don't believe there's anything going on on the Twitter. I'll give it a quick check, though. And you know how to get to these via the jingle, like I mentioned earlier. Uh, also, as this is getting fired up here quickly... Got to mention, too, when you heard about the Halcyon for uh, tall grass, that's obviously their summer wheat ale, which is very, very refreshing for a hot day or even a warm day. Very, very refreshing stuff. The Zombie Monkey's coming out, which is a robust porter. Yeah, so I, I haven't done an ad for that one yet because it's still very, very warm out. But the Zombie Monkey's coming out this week. Do keep an eye out for Tallgrass Zombie Monkey. I'll probably post a uh, link to that on the Purple Mafia Facebook page. That is... Ugh. I can't wait, can't wait <laughs> till that comes out and to enjoy that wonderful, wonderful beer. And I'll be talking about that more in the coming weeks and months because autumn is is upon us here pretty quickly. So for the Purple Mafia page, yeah, Tom, here we go. What a, yeah, very cool guy. At PurpleGold217 saying, Hi, Joey. I reimagined the podcast art for Purple Mafia. It's all yours if you want it. Keep up the good work. And I, I didn't see it for a couple of days, and I'm like, oh, crap, I didn't see it. I could have responded to him. 
And I told him, whoops, I'm really sorry, I missed it. And I got back to him and he said, no worries, looking forward to listening to the show this upcoming season. And thank you so much, Tom, and really appreciate you. Really appreciate you. I swear I've seen him before, I don't know. So I don't know if he's tweeted me before or not, maybe let me know again if you could. But uh, welcome, welcome to the show. Maybe you've been listening for a while and really appreciate you, without a doubt. So that was going to wrap up the, <laughs> the fan interaction and, of course, the St. Louis Rams preview, which will be a Minnesota Vikings victory to start off the Zimmer era. Why would the Vikings lose to the Rams on the road? Why? It, no. No. I, I just don't see that happening. So we'll be back right after this for the feature presentation. We're saving the best for last. The prediction segment. Yes, sir. The annual preseason prediction segment. Oh my. Do you shop on Amazon? Did you know that you could support this podcast just by doing your normal shopping on Amazon? It's really easy to do. Just go to thesportsstuff.com and click on one of the many Amazon pictures. Do your normal shopping, and Amazon sees that we referred you, and they give us a percentage. We'd like to thank you in advance for supporting thesportsstuff.com, and please use our Amazon link. Now enjoy the rest of the show. Too busy to sit in front of a computer? Simply download Purple Mafia on iTunes for Apple devices. For Android, download the Double Twist app. And for Windows and BlackBerry phones, simply find us in the store. And now, back to Paladino Joey. And we are back here on Purple Mafia. Before we get to the season preview, I'm going to have to extend the fan interaction very briefly here because A... I just got a call in from Sebastian Balls, so very cool. Very happy to have him on board. But before I get to that, I need to hand out the stars for the, uh, the the Facebook and Twitter. Really appreciate you guys out there that give us such wonderful takes. A little quiet this week, but hey, no reason to not hand out stars because there were good takes, great takes this time around. Well, for the awesome call that you're about to hear from Sebastian, and not only really the call, he was gonna get he was gonna get the gold star anyway. So, ultimately, Sebastian's going to get the gold star for this episode. Great takes, and he's been overdue for one for a while. Mark Carlson, a well-deserved silver star. Lots of good things to say, indeed, along the way. And Brent Jacobson will get the bronze. Boy, Brent Jacobson's getting stars every week, isn't he? (laughs) That's why you guys are Hall of Famers. And Boy, that's very familiar names right there. Sebastian, gold star for this episode. that now let's get to that call and continue that gold star hey joey it's sebastian again i uh, just want to touch quickly on alan Eisner being gone just like that marquise gray now in former gopher uh used to be coached by north turner last year for cleveland uh we'll see week one coming up um look to see the defense that's pretty much the biggest thing 
you know, offense can play how it's going to play, but defense is what keeps Sean Hill and the Rams outside of the end zone. So that's pretty much that. Uh, thanks for letting me call in. Quite a few points there. All right, bye. And I thank you very much for that call, Sebastian. Welcome back to Purple Mafia. You'll definitely be hearing his voice as a co-host once again soon. Almost had Dylan Richardson for this one, but I think the schedule's a little bit too tight for the two of us, at least for this episode. So figure, let's get this show out as soon as possible. And that's what I wanted to do. Needed to give this show time to breathe before the season opened. I didn't want to throw this show in like Thursday night or, or Wednesday night. You know, I wanted it out soon as possible. So that's my strategy with that one. Um, good points by Sebastian. Really like that call. Nice and sharp. See? Isn't that nice? <laughs> I like the way the calls are going right now. And guys, continue to call in. 209-736-7877. Alan Reisner gone. Marquise Gray. And yeah, kind of a kind of a weird move, but I suppose it's a Norv Turner move. Uh, I suppose that's the way to look at it. Um, because he did coach him in Cleveland. Marquise Gray statistically didn't do all too much. He was the quarterback quarterback of the Gophers, remember? And he was an okay quarterback of the Gophers. Nothing elite. So I guess he's kind of a tight end in the NFL, but I don't know. I guess three touchdowns weren't good enough for Ellen Reisner to win a job, just like three sacks weren't good enough for Marcus Sam to win a job with the St. Louis Rams. Yeah, kind of interesting, I suppose. There are other nuances in the game besides getting a couple of sacks that... Uh, led into that. I suppose other nuances on the football field anyway, at least I would hope <laughs> in that sense. Uh, we'll see what happens. They're talking by the way, Marcus Sam. I mean, I'm mentioning it now because we're playing the St. Louis Rams, so it's related to the show. Not political reasons. Um, ultimately, uh, yeah, very, very good takes. You know, really of like mind with myself. We would have definitely been in agreement if we were doing this show as a preview for the uh, St. Louis Rams game. The Vikings defense is the biggest factor going into this one, without a doubt, because ultimately it's going to shut down the... uh, I mean, the more entertaining part is going to be our offense going against their defense, because our offense puts up points for the most part, and the Rams defense is elite. It's what's basically what uh, makes the Rams go, per se. It's the reason why they were a playoff contender last year for a while until Mr. Bradford got injured. Uh, but yeah, the Vikings defense, I think it's going to keep the St. Louis Rams out of the end zone for the most part. They might get one. In fact, I did give them 10 points, so I, I guess they are going to score a touchdown. <laughs> I don't know how. Ho- ho- I guess. It's like I almost should have said 17-9. to because <laughs> I, I don't know. They're going to have a hard time getting in, but maybe they'll get in once. And, well, yeah, with the secondary is kind of in and out at times, so I suppose that possibility does exist. Let's get on to the season preview. Great call, Sebastian, and uh, keep them coming out there. The Detroit Lions, NFC North. Yeah, we're going to start with the Detroit Lions as per usual because they seems like they're generally the least likely to be a factor <laughs> into the regular season record-wise and all that good stuff. The Detroit Lions, Most uh, a lot of people think they're going to be the fourth-place team. A lot of people think the Vikings are going to be the fourth-place team in the NFC North. I pray to God I didn't call it the Central because I've been known to do that. I kind of like crazy. Uh, Jim Gall Caldwell is the coach, an underwhelming hire. Yeah, he had nice, uh, a nice, a nice season with the uh, Indianapolis Colts when they went to the Super Bowl. But well, he kind of screwed up pretty bad at the end of that year when they when he sat down guys and didn't let them try to go for sixteen and zero. It kind of 
kind of created a little division among the team. In fact, with a quarterback of the team named Peyton Manning, it's kind of a problem, you know. You don't really want to do that. You know, I mean, Manning was kind of pissed off. So, I don't know. I don't know if that's a good idea. Jim Caldwell, three years in the NFL with the Indianapolis Colts, 26-22, and 2-2 two and two in the postseason, and one of those, of course, a loss to the Rams, or excuse me, what am I talking about? The New Orleans Saints in the Super Bowl should have been the Vikings, and yes, the Indianapolis Colts would have lost to the Minnesota Vikings in that Super Bowl. I'm more than convinced because they played like crud in that game, a lot like Denver played last year. For the most part, Denver was a little bit worse, actually, but whatever. Uh, Detroit Lions, their most interesting addition is a world champion Seattle Seahawks wide receiver named Golden Tate. Not the most, not the most exciting player on the planet, but then again, Reggie Bush wasn't necessarily like a, you know, MVP candidate, even though he's an extremely versatile and explosive type of player. Was a nice addition with the Detroit Lions last year. Golden Tate should be a nice addition for the uh, Detroit Lions this year. Had about 900 yards and five touchdowns last year. Uh, Not blow-away numbers, 64 catches, by the way. Not blow-away numbers, but not bad. Seattle, not really known for their offense. I mean, their offense is clutch, but not explosive, per se even though the running back's really good. They're kind of more like a Dallas Cowboys type of offense back in the day, even though I suppose Irvin got a lot of yards from Aikman, but not that many. I mean, Aikman wasn't exactly Mr. Yardage. He was more Mr. Accuracy. And, of course, the offensive line didn't let the uh, pass rush really get to Troy Aikman, like, ever. And it helped with Emmett Smith as well. Hmm. Okay, look at me going all over the plates of this. Uh, I feel for the, I feel the... My feelings for the Seahawks are about the same as my feelings for the... Dallas Cowboys, I'll just continue that. <laughs> but uh, Golden Tate, nice addition. Nice addition to an offense that uh, already has Calvin Johnson, already has Reggie Bush, already has Joyke Bell, and Brandon and Pettigrew. Very nice players, uh, obviously. Pettigrew, not as great as I tend to envision him. Um, Man, he's already 29, too. That's kind of crazy. It seems like his numbers have been on the decline. In fact, they have for a while here. Uh, since 2010 and 2011, when he was getting about 800 yards a year, never really been an explosive touchdown threat. He got five touchdowns. That's his career high in 2011, down to only two last year. And 416 yards, only 41 catches for Pettigrew. So kind of on the decline a little bit. Tends to miss a game or two every year as well. But I've always kind of kind of, sort of been a fan of his, to be quite honest with you. Um didn't always buy into Reggie Bush, but boy, what a good fit he is with Detroit. An awesome fit with Detroit. Just boom. I mean, that. <laughs> wow. That, that was probably the best career move he could make, to be honest with you. Other than winning a Super Bowl with the New Orleans Saints who drafted him, but yeah, you know, whatever. Uh, good good career move, though, for Reggie Bush to increase his value. Orovlovsky's back. The backup quarterback. Remember, he was with them way back in 2008 and before. Well, Dan Orlovsky back with the Detroit Lions to be their, I guess, their third stringer because Kellen Moore is going to be the backup, apparently. Matthew Stafford, yeah, one of the elite passing quarterbacks in the league. Sure, he'll put up good numbers. I think they'll be better with Caldwell. This, Then again, how could they be better? I mean, he's gotten like 5,000 yards the last three years, practically. 5,038 yards in 2011, 4967 in 2012, and 4650 last year. 29 touchdowns last year. Um, Not quite the 41 touchdown effort in 2011, but better than 2012 when the Lions really um, struggled after a great season in 2011. Uh, You know, I I don't know what to make of this Lion team. Um, Quite a dysfunctional group. I mean, yeah, quite a dysfunctional group. Kind of like 
kind of like Leslie Frazier's Viking Vikings, and you know, you know, in blue jerseys, basically in blue and silver jerseys. So obviously a more explosive quarterback and such. God, I don't know what to make of this team. I mean, they're so talented. You would think they would be like eleven and five type of team, like kind of almost like a New Orleans Saints type of team, almost. A lot of kind of heavy hitting, a lot of heavy hitters on defense, great defensive line, an okay secondary, um, explosive passing game. You can't I mean obviously Megatron. I mean, how, what more can you say? He's the best receiver in football, about 15, six, good, good for about 15, 1600 yards. I mean, does it really get much better than that? And then you had a solid guy like Golden Tate to go along with things, who's still pretty young, like I was saying, only 26 years old, by the way. I mean, you can't really go wrong with that one. He is quite the uh, the valuable asset. Was looking to get Kelvin Johnson on here, but not getting the right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can't believe he's 28 already. Man, he's uh, he had almost 2,000 yards a couple of years ago, but only five touchdowns. What kind of a weird anomaly is that? I mean, that's just weird. That just shows a poor chemistry with that team. 12 touchdowns last year and just under 1,500 yards. Missed a couple of games, but obviously Megatron, the biggest passing threat in football. Uh, you know, it's like this team could go any. This team could go anywhere, man. I mean, they could have a huge year. They could be ten and six, but I don't think Caldwell's that good of a coach. I really don't. And the Lions just—I uh, don't know what to make of them, man. I'm kind of having a hard time. I'm going to wrap up with a six and ten record. I think they're going to be a little better uh, at times. No, seven and nine. I think they'll go seven and nine. They're actually going to finish with the same record they did last year. How crazy is that? <laughs> They're going to show glimpses. Um, I think the offense is going to be more in sync under Jim Caldwell than it was under Jim Schwartz, who was just all over the place. But they're not going to be that great. Caldwell's not going to impress anybody. I don't know what Detroit was doing other than just hoping that uh, Caldwell's offensive abilities will maximize what this team can do. <sighs> Obviously, having Dominican Sue and, and such... Very nice defensive line. The linebackers are good. Just a, a talented team that just doesn't seem to get it done, and I don't think they'll get it done this year either. I think the Detroit Lions finished fourth in this division. In my humble opinion. Man, I, man I'm missing Dylan right now. Hmm. <laughs> I like these conversations we had about these teams. Uh, I mean, I'll, I'll have him on again. Hopefully during Bears Week. That would be a good time to have him on. But, uh, you know, i got to keep moving here. Mm, yeah, I'm missing him right now. <laughs> Shoot. <laughs> I miss you, Dylan. I don't know what I'm thinking doing it solo, am I? No, it's, I mean, it's just, it is what it is. Green Bay Packers. <sighs> I hate to say this. Really hate to say it. But I think they're going to, I think they're going to win the division. Yeah. I think the Green Bay Packers are going to go 11-5 and five this year. And look at me saying that really early. They did add Julius Peppers. He's getting older. Yep, the Chicago Bears lose Julius Peppers, but add Jared Allen. I'll get to that in a second. But yeah, Julius Peppers goes to Green Bay. They draft Ha Ha Clinton Dix. Randall Cobb, you know, as, as good as everybody says he is and as good as he can be and all that good stuff, at the same time, you know, he's kind of, you know, when they compare him to Percy Harvin, well, you know, you're absolutely right. He is Percy Harvin because it seems like he's always hurt. <laughs> He's always missing time, just like Chrissy Harvin. Maybe not quite as bad, but he hasn't really had that big-time, huge breakout year. Uh, 2012, sure, he was good in 2012, but still under 1,000 yards. Got eight touchdowns last year, missed a ton of time. 
injured, missed like yeah, missed ten games last year. Only started four, did get four touchdowns, but health is obviously obviously a factor. I mean, with any team, health is a factor. But with the Green Bay Packers, talk about all or nothing. Talk about all or nothing with Green Bay Packers. I mean, look, look what happened with Aaron Rodgers last year. I mean, if, if Aaron Rodgers is healthy, without a doubt, the Green Bay Packers win the division as much as I hate to say it. They're my least favorite team in the division. My favorite team, second favorite team in the division is the Bears. Obviously, favorites the Vikings. Duh. I wouldn't be doing this show, would I? But my second favorite team is the Chicago Bears. So it's like, I'd rather see them win the division than the Packers if Minnesota's not going to win it. But I think it is Green Bay. Uh, Latroy Guyon, a player that I always kind of wanted to get on this show someday. A player that I've always admired. Always liked the way he kind of was a survivor and made it into the NFL even though he was a backup in the, uh, he was a backup in the, in, in college in Florida, in Florida State years ago and how, wow, he couldn't believe he actually got drafted by the Minnesota Vikings and how cool it was. And then you see him make it and all that good stuff and how effective he'd be in, in little time. Well, he's a member of the Green Bay Packers now to keep a long story short or to, to try to shorten this long story from getting any longer. Latroy Guyon is now in Green Bay. So that kind of sucks. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad he's still in the NFL though. Congratulations to him. All, all kinds of talent on this team, but again, health, a huge, huge doggone factor. A.J. Hawk, of course, a valuable player who's been in the league for a while. Not the best guy in the world, but when he's on his game, he's, he's really good. Obviously, one of the better linebackers. One of the better linebackers, above average linebackers in football. Not elite. Uh, Clay Matthews is an elite linebacker in the NFL. He forces turnovers. He's an unbelievable pass rusher. One of the best linebackers in football, Clay Matthews, but he's also in and out with, with injuries. Um, misses a lot of time. Can't believe he's already in his sixth season. How crazy is that? But yeah, he, he misses time. He missed four games in 2012, five games last year. It it hurts the Packers when he's missing, but because because when he's healthy, he can get 13 sacks. You know, the last couple, I mean, gosh, he got 13 sacks in only 12 games in 2012. How, how, how elite is that? He's gotten four interceptions throughout his career. He's forced his fumbles. He's all over the place. His value is unbelievable, but when he's out, boy, does it hurt the Green Bay Packers, <laughs> without a doubt. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, obviously the X-Factor of X-Factors, without, you know, Jordy Nelson, still the number one guy. James Jones is gone, no longer a member of the uh, Packers, so unfortunately for them, ha-ha for us. <laughs> Eddie Lacy, though, the Green Bay Packers have an elite running back, finally for them, for them. It took a while. Edgar Bennett was good. Dorsey Levins had some good numbers. Amon Green was awesome. I mean, unfortunately for us, again, Eddie Lacy's, I guess, that guy right now. He's a hell of a running back. I mean, look at that. Rookie year, almost 1,200 yards, 11 touchdowns. Man. And durable. He Well, he missed one game. And he's also not a bad receiver, almost 300 yards receiving. No touchdowns, but still a multi-threat running back who I think is going to get better with a healthy Aaron Rodgers at the helm. Yeah, Eddie Lacy probably was counted on more, but at the same time, you know how it works. You know how it works. If you have no passing game, people are going to focus on the run defensively. So it's like, sure, he got the ball more. Yeah, but he got focused on more by the defense. So you got to put more, obviously, in perspective when you think about the loss of Aaron Rodgers for such a long period of time and how unbelievable a factor he was. I mean, he, he, the Packers almost beat, 
almost beat the San Francisco 49ers who went on to the, you know, the conference final again for the third straight year last year. Almost beat them. Almost beat them. Not that I wanted them to win. I really wanted San Francisco to win that game for multiple reasons. But it just shows how valuable Aaron Rodgers is. He just stepped on that field. Probably rusty as hell. Probably sore. Out of shape. You know, I mean, you know, not out of shape because he's lazy. Out of out of shape because he hadn't played football in a while. You know, out of football shape. Because you can only get in full-blown football shape by actually being out there. When you, when you miss time, you, you come up to speed by actually playing. No matter how much you work out. <laughs> you got he, you could tell he was exhausted out there, like, ooh, boy. And but it was like, bada-bing, bada-boom, Packers win the division, even though it looked like they were going to be a 500 team last year, and they might as well have been one. <laughs> what an awful, weird season last year was. I'll never forget Minnesota in Lambeau Field that day. That was kind of a cool game. <laughs> it's, it's disappointing that we tied, but it was kind of a fun game, even though it was kind of weird. Christian Ponder versus Matt Flynn. <laughs> Good stuff. Christian Ponder versus Matt Flynn. I mean, God, it had been 20, 22 years was the last time that Brett Favre or Aaron Rodgers wasn't at the helm for the Green Bay Packers when playing Minnesota in uh, in Lambeau Field. I mean, that that's a long freaking time. Back in 91 and the 80s and all, you know, before that. It's a long time ago, man. But uh, I think they're the class of the division if they stay healthy. If they stay healthy. If they stay healthy. I mean, you could say that about every team, but you could absolutely, in so many ways, say that about the Green Bay Packers. Because, my God, injuries just have killed this team for the past couple of years. Just just ravaged them, and they sure did last year. Yet, when players got healthy at the right time, I mean, God knows, this team could make a Super Bowl run. Even though I don't want them to, they could. The possibility exists and persists. But they are most likely to fail when they are the number one seed. That's for damn sure, as we noticed uh, oh so wonderfully back in 2011. He got a smile on my face right now thinking about that. But, um, yeah, Green Bay. I'm looking at an 11-5 season for them, and, and uh, we'll see when it comes to the postseason. We're, we're, we're getting there. We're working on it. How about them Chicago Bears? Oh, Chicago. Oh, Chicago. Making some nice additions. Guy by the name of Jared Allen. Never heard of him. I don't want to remember him. No, I'm kidding. I guess I want to remember him. Yeah, he had a hell of a run in Minnesota. His career numbers just off the charts. Sack after sack after sack after sack after sack. Remember, it seems like yesterday he had 22 sacks for the Minnesota Vikings. But of course, it, is, it was in one of the most meaningless seasons of all time. A 3-13 and season in 2011. Pure horse crap. Um, appears to be a bit on the decline, but you never know. Julius Peppers was quite a factor with the Bears last time, so we'll see if Jared Allen can be a factor with the Bears this time. At age 32, still got an 11.5 sacks for the Vikings last year, you know, even and 12 in 2012. So it's like, you know, even in his weakest seasons with Minnesota, I mean, just look at these numbers. I mean, he had 14.5 in 2008, 14.5 in 2009, 11 in 2010, which was his worst season with Minnesota, 11 22 in 2011. He doubled his numbers that year, even though the team sucked even more. 2012 went to 12, and last year, 11.5. Always a factor in the pass rush. Yes, he tends to sell. He tends to bite. He tends to sell, so to speak. Be completely sold on just pass rush and not, you know, stopping the run. He tends to commit 
on the quarterback more than anything else because he wants to pad the stats. Yes, I think it's true, but at the same time, as much as he stat, uh, stat pads, well, he stat pads all right. He, he does put up the numbers. So numbers do count for something. That's for damn sure. And he certainly got that done. Uh, the Chicago Bears are going to be a very, very, very interesting team this season. Still got uh, we still got Charles Tillman, old Peanut Tillman there, still there, twelve year veteran. Man, isn't that something? I mean, he's been he's been hanging on for quite a while. Oh boy, Briggs is still there. Lance Briggs, he's in his uh, gosh, he's in his twelfth season as well. He's been around a long time. Always been one of the elite linebackers. Not well, maybe not elite, but one of the better linebackers. Missed a lot of time last year. We'll see where he comes back with that. Jimmy Clausen, amazingly, is like one of the backup quarterbacks for the Chicago Bears this year because they, uh, well, Josh McCown is off to, uh, good for him, is off to Tampa Bay. Eh, I don't know why you'd go there, but good luck to you there, I suppose. <laughs> Chance for some more numbers. Uh, Martellus Bennett's still there, one of the better tight ends in football. Maybe not the best, but pretty damn good. <laughs> Guy who can get like 800 yards a year or so, seven, 800 yards. This offense has a chance to be pretty damn explosive. Obviously, one of the other top three receivers in football, if not top two, Brandon Marshall, still there, number 15. Unbelievable. Unfortunately for him, he's now 30 years old, but he's put up numbers to uh, numbers to be reckoned with. He's the kind of guy who could get 100 plus pass uh, pass receptions. Especially if Jay Cutler, Mr. Inconsistency, can stay healthy, double-digit touchdowns are always are always on the uh, on the radar for Brandon Marshall. The addition of Santonio Holmes has a lot of people excited, regardless if they're fans of the Chicago Bears or not. And amazingly, Santonio Holmes is also 30 years old. But the one thing that a lot of people do need to factor in when you talk about wow, they got Santonio Holmes is really he only had like a couple good years in Pittsburgh, and they were quite a while ago. He's been very underwhelming with the New York Jets the past four years. Only about, averaging only about 550 yards or so a year. And the last two years, not good. Only four games in 2012, one touchdown and 272 yards. Last year, only, uh, last year 11 games, under 500 yards and one touchdown again. Two touchdowns the last two years, under 1,000 yards in two combined seasons. Yikes. Um, not something to get too excited about when you think of Antonio Holmes necessarily, but I suppose you're going to have a better quarterback than what that dysfunctional nonsense you had in New York jet land. I'm surprised. I'm surprised Rex Ryan still has a job. Honestly. I mean, I thought he was gone a couple of years ago, but he still has a job. I'm surprised really. Not saying he's the, not saying he's a necessarily a bad coach. It's just the time for a change over there in in uh, New York. I got to think, Matt Forte, one of the better running backs in football, certainly on the receiving end to go along with running, still the starting running back for Chicago. Had a career le- career year last year, man. About I mean well over thirteen hundred yards and nine touchdowns, and almost six hundred yards receiving last year to go three receiving touchdowns. A, an elite back. And you lead back in this league. It all comes down to Jay Cutler. Yeah, you have the pass rush with Chicago. You've always had a pretty solid secondary there. You have a head coach in Pressman who could be elite. Who could be an elite offensive mind. He's certainly intelligent. He's certainly experienced. But it's only his second year as a head coach. 
<laughs> and you have a guy in Jay Cutler who not only is a bit of a knucklehead, but when you look at the grand scheme of things, has he ever really been that great? You know, you know what he reminds me of a bit? For Minnesota Viking fans that are a bit older, he's kind of like a Tommy Kramer. You know, I mean, I, I, I guess some people might be laughing one way or the other, like, ha ha, he, Tommy Kramer was better, or ha ha, Jay Cutler's way better. Now he's kind of like a Tommy Kramer, a very debated player who has talent, who puts up some numbers, but never put, but never really put up like amazing elite numbers. Maybe a couple of good years here and there but never consistently, year in, year out, was a stud. You never really know what you're going to get with Jay Cutler. You know, you look at his years in Chicago, you look at it uh, in Denver, he put up numbers, but he was inconsistent there too at times. Kind of in and out, never really broke broke loose into this stud player. Always has thrown a lot of interceptions. I mean, Luckily for him, he's never thrown more interceptions than touchdowns, but he's come damn close <laughs> a couple times. He has trouble staying healthy. Chemistry's kind of in and out with, with players. I mean, he sure works with Brandon Marshall well in Denver and in Chicago. Good good for him there. But that also could be a little stat padding for Jay Cutler in terms of um, terms of that. That may actually be some of the reasons why Jay Cutler looks good, because he happens to have good chemistry with Brandon Marshall. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Just saying that can help him look better than maybe he is. I think he's a good quarterback, but definitely not a great quarterback. A lot like Tommy Kramer. Good, but not great. A lot of inconsistency, a lot of debate. Chicago Bears, though, I think are a postseason team. I mean, there's so many factors with all the teams in this division, including the Minnesota Vikings. They're all over the place. I mean... What do you make of what do you make of all these teams? I mean, they've made changes. They've made some of the some some good, some not so good. But really, a lot of them. There's reason for optimism for both teams, and there's reason for concern for all the teams as well. Can the Green Bay Packers stay healthy? Can the Bears? Can can members of the Bears stay healthy? Is Jay Cutler for real? Is he going to be able to work with if? If things really work out with him, Santonio Holmes, and Brandon Marshall, and Matt Forte, and Marcellus Bennett, that could be a potentially elite offense. And has, some people have the Chicago Bears going to the Super Bowl and winning it. Where other people are kind of like, eh, slow down a little bit. I think the Bears could go on a pretty substantial playoff run, but they could also be 8-8 eight and eight and miss the playoffs. That's the kind of team they are. And that's the kind of team they are every single freaking year. <laughs> Uh, the Green Bay Packers consistently, though, at least make the postseason and are a threat. Do they compete and win the Super Bowl? Well, they did it once. <laughs> they're not this elite team that's gonna that's gonna win four Super Bowls. They're not the '80s 49ers. They wish they were. Oh, the Packers wish they were the '80s 49ers. They think they're capable of it, but they're not. They're not gonna be the '80s 40. They're not gonna win four Super Bowls. If the Packers win four Super Bowls. With Aaron Rodgers, boy, I mean, I, whew, boy, uh, that would be one hell of a bet to uh, to win if you won that bet against me. I mean, boy, I mean, I don't know what I'd, I don't know what I'd have to give up there. It'd be a lot, I suppose. Uh, I'll, I'll try to be careful, though, just in case it actually happens. <laughs> oh, the Bears. Um, I think the Bears do make the postseason, though. I think two teams come out of the NFC North and make the playoffs. 
Unfortunately, I don't have the Vikings as one of them. I th unfortunately. And it's just not time yet, guys. It's going to be like 2008, I think, for the Minnesota Vikings. You're going to see substantial... Excuse me, 2007. Did I say 8? 2007 for the Minnesota Vikings. You're going to see substantial improvement. They're going to see signs of a very good football team. But you're not going to see a playoff football team. You're not going to see consistent... You're not going to see like long win streaks with this team. I don't think anything can happen. We all know what that. We all know what football is. Anything can freaking happen. Did anybody see the Bears making the NFC title game in 2010? Did anybody see the Packers winning the Super Bowl in 2010? No. Did anybody see the Giants winning in 2011? Probably not. So it just goes on and on and on. Did anybody see the Arizona Cardinals go to the Super Bowl in 20 or 2008? No, hell no. Arizona Cardinals in the Super Bowl? Are you mad? Hmm, I guess we're mad, alright. <laughs> Minnesota. It's all about the defense, defensive improvement. The offense has weapons, but can can, can they truly explode, or is it just going to be kind of a, a, a decent offense? I think the offense will be at least decent. I think the defense is going to show signs of significant improvement, but I... I I don't think the overall talent and the overall experience, because it's a very young team, is there for a huge run just yet. But you're going to see good coaching. You're going to see lots of signs for optimism for the Minnesota Vikings. And I do think next year the Vikings do make the playoffs. I think in 2015 Minnesota is in the postseason without an absolutely without a doubt. As Mike Tice once said, hell no, we're going to the playoffs next year. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> I think the Vikings absolutely make the Super Bowl next year. This year, it's possible, but I'm saying no, because I'm here to give you a black and white opinion. With that said, Chicago is either 9-7 and seven or 10-6. and six. I'll go with 10-6 and six to be safe. Minnesota is going to be 8-8, eight and eight, and the Detroit Lions are going to be 6-10 and 10 or 7-9. and nine. It's going to be a pretty competitive division this year. The Detroit Lions offense is going to be potentially elite. They have a lot of pieces. Chicago Bears offense is going to be potentially elite. They have a lot of pieces. And in both and in every single team in this division has a potentially very good defense as well. The Detroit Lions have had a very good defensive line for the past few years now. Chicago Bears. I mean, defense is written all over that franchise for the for pretty much forever. Except for like the late '90s when they sucked so bad they couldn't stop they couldn't stop your grandmother. But uh, Chicago Bears have Jared Allen and Lance Briggs and and others <laughs> and other veterans in that secondary. They're all, you know they they have nice pieces there. Green Bay's got a ton of talented players. They give up a lot of yards and a lot of points, but boy, they can force some turnovers and they can get some serious pass rush at the right place, at the right time, with the Clay Matthews and the like. And maybe Julius Peppers has a nice little resurgence, or at least is good when he needs to be, per se, at the right place, right time type of thing. And of course, Minnesota. All kinds of talent on that defensive line, and the linebackers are way better, and you, can, you know, Harrison Smith is really good. Xavier Rose maybe forces some turnovers. Maybe Sean Prater's out there getting some interceptions. Wouldn't that be cool? <laughs> Robert Blanton. Mm. Will he continue to emerge? Matt Castle. Will he have a career year as starting quarterback? Or will Teddy Bridgewater come in and shock the world and be a rookie of the year? Will Adrian Peterson go out and dominate? Or will he have a huge setback and show signs of 
he's on his way out. He's on his way out of here sooner than later. Ultimately, I have the Vikings going eight and eight this year. The Bears ten and six. The Packers eleven and five, and division champions. And the Detroit Lions six and ten, or seven and nine. So ultimately, let's head to wrap things up as the playoff predictions and Super Bowl prediction take place now. Oof. Uh, it's like, where do you go from here, right? Ha, <laughs> ha. Yeah. Um, AFC. AFC Championship. I mean, boy. It's almost like... Can you ever really doubt the New England Patriots for making the playoffs? I, I kind of think they're going to be... Uh, I, I kind of think they're going to be back in the AFC Championship game again. Gosh, wouldn't this be the third in a row? I think the Ravens will return to the postseason. Cincinnati's definitely not going back. Denver's going to be back in the playoffs, which is kind of funny. I want to say the Houston Texans are going to be back, but I don't know. It's kind of hard to say when you think about it. The Houston Texans back in the playoffs? Huh. Well, they did make a nice addition in Ryan Mallett just like yesterday. It officially happened, even though they were talking about it for like 17 million years. Wouldn't that be something? <laughs> That'd be crazy. You, you never know. I mean, if they somehow make the postseason, that would be nuts. Do you think the New York Jets are going to the playoffs? No. Amazingly, looks like Carr, Derek Carr, is going to be the starting quarterback for the <laughs> Oakland Raiders. That doesn't mean they're making any playoffs or anything. That would be quite a joke. I'd like to see Miami win something or make the playoffs. Uh, but, I, yeah, I have Baltimore and, yeah, Indianapolis, of course. I don't think Kansas City's going back to the playoffs. Not impressed. They They stink. Uh, San Diego and Denver will come out of the West. They will both make the playoffs. Indianapolis wins the uh, AFC South. That's three teams. Baltimore wins the AFC North. Pittsburgh, uh, I don't know. No? I'm going to have the uh, New England Patriots win the AFC East for the 99,000th time. And then it's kind of between Miami and Pittsburgh, I guess, to potentially make that last playoff spot, which I know a lot of you might be like, Miami? Why in the hell would he pick Miami? Um, I always kind of had a... I've always kind of thought they're solid. They're, they have a nice quarterback in Ryan Tannehill. He's not the best thing in the history of the world, but they have a... Uh, their their head coach is obviously a former... I mean, has obviously been... has a success with the Green Bay Packers. Not, not elite, but I gotta think they're gonna be all right. They were a factor last year. They were eight and eight. I mean, they were right on the cusp of the playoffs. I think they're gonna get in with like a nine and seven record. So, I have the Miami Dolphins as the sixth seed in the AFC. How about that? So, with that said, <laughs> I guess the New England Patriots and uh, it's like it's kind of lame, isn't it? New England Patriots and the Denver Broncos back in the AFC Championship game. Isn't that lame? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, the New England Patriots, they just seem to get it done time and time again, and I have no reason really to doubt them. They're kind of like the sort of like the San Antonio Spurs in the NBA. Maybe this is the year they finally break through and win again, just like the San Antonio Spurs did. Just maybe. They, they, they kind of have that vibe, don't they? Don't they kind of have that vibe? But yeah, we're going to have uh, Denver and New England back in the AFC Championship game. 
Okay, what am I talking about? New England and Indianapolis, not Denver. Indianapolis Colts, not Denver. Nope. I I don't think Denver's going to get that far. It's it's Indianapolis. I don't know why I was even saying Denver. <laughs> it's Indianapolis. I mean, Indianapolis Colts are going to get to the AFC Championship game this year. We'll see where things go from there. But in the NFC, there are people talking about the San Francisco 49ers. Like, they're on the decline, and they're going to miss the playoffs this year. Are you saying, I, I'm not ready to do that. Dude, you know how narrowly they missed a Super Bowl championship last year? Basically, the last two years, the San Francisco 49ers had a ball tipped away at the last second to cost them a Super Bowl championship because, without a doubt, San Francisco would have hammered Denver in the Super Bowl. I mean, without a doubt. And then Mr. Big Mouth, who will remain nameless from Seattle, (laughs) knocked the ball away at the last second against uh, San Francisco, against Crabtree. Yeah, Crabtree. Certainly not as good as Mr. Big Mouth, but still... Doggone it, Mr. Big Mouth did get the job done and he knocked the ball away. Just like Randy Moss did what a pretty half-effort job when he could have caught a Super Bowl champion catch against the Baltimore Ravens a year and a half ago. But I've got San Francisco and Green Bay in the AFC title game and what will be extremely entertaining, extremely, extremely amazing matchup between two teams. The offense and the uh, the defenses will be uh, extremely entertaining in that game. I think San Francisco, uh, San Francisco, and New England <laughs> will meet up in the Super Bowl this year. How about that? San Francisco and New England in the Super Bowl. Yeah, look at me. I'm such an idiot, aren't I? You're probably all like, "Yeah, that figures, Joey." San Francisco and New England in the Super Bowl. But you know what? Just like the Harbaugh Bowl, just like the Harbaugh Bowl. It was bound to happen. It's bound to happen that San Francisco and New England will meet up in the Super Bowl. And this is the year it happens. And this is the year (laughs) that the 49ers finally get it done. They finally make the last play and win the Super Bowl championship. They're too good to not win a championship. That team is going to win a Super Bowl, folks. As much as you want to deny it, as much as you want to believe... The 49ers are not going to win a Super Bowl with Jim Harbaugh and Colin Kaepernick and and such. And Frank Gore, even though Frank Gore is probably at the end of the rope there. But I do think he'll have at least a decent year. Unfortunately, there have been, there have been injuries to San Francisco. But I think they overcome it. And I think they get it done this year. I think they're going to be that hungry for a championship when you get that close. I don't think they're going to just curl up and die. I think they get it done. A lot like Baltimore did a couple years ago. And the way Seattle just rolled right through everybody last year. I don't think it's going to be that big of a butt-kicking for San Francisco. But I think they survive this time. I think they get it done. Be it on the road or at home, I think they get it done. I mean, if the way... I mean, if any team can beat Seattle in their house, it's the, it's the 49ers and that's it. I mean, I've never... I mean, they they came so close in that game. It's unbelievable. So close. So this year, San Francisco gets it done, and New England will lose their third Super Bowl, unfortunately for them. Yeah. San Francisco or New England will lose their third Super Bowl 
in a row in terms of like them making it to the Super Bowl. They will lose again, unfortunately. And it'll be a fairly narrow margin as well. So 49ers finally get it done. And um, you'll see Tom Brady and Colin Kaepernick in the biggest stage of them all this time around. So with that, we are going to put a wraps on the season preview. You're going to see some red and gold and white. <laughs> red, gold, and white confetti coming down, in my humble opinion. You can laugh. You can do whatever you want. But you know what all this is? It's, it's all in good fun. It's football conversation. It's football season. That's right, folks. I am going to, really going to miss the summer because it seems so, oh so short this year. Just like last year with these long, long winters leading, like, killing half the spring, if not all the spring. (laughs) We basically had no spring the last two years. This year we had a tiny fraction of one. Last year we had absolutely zero spring whatsoever. So yes, the summers have been quite short. Quite short. But regardless of the summer being short, at least it's football season again. And to all of you out there that love this game, (laughs) that's what it's all about. Football season is upon us.